Hello and welcome to this very first episode, and really not an episode, it's just some guys getting together to be encouraged. Uh, so I have the desire for these meetings to be just a time for the European missionaries to get together, to fellowship, to unwind with each other, to share each other's burdens, um, everything you would do at a fellowship meeting here in the States, but through Zoom and uh, do it here online. Uh, every, it's the first and the third Thursday of the month, the first and the third Thursday. And um, uh, each time we'll have a different uh, pastor or missionary or evangelist or ministry leader. Um, I got a whole lineup of, of people ready to go. Uh, the calendar is now full until the end of summer with people that are eager to encourage us in the Lord and in fellowship. And I'm very thankful for that. So thank you for joining me. Uh, this episode, I'm, I'm recording this before it happened, so I can tell you what happened. But my pastor, William Brooks, and Monte were the only ones besides myself there. And um, my pastor kind of interviewed Brother Monte, and it came out really good. A lot of good questions, a lot of good information was given. And then there was a challenge from God's Word uh, to be uh, a bread sharer. And uh, just uh, enjoy the conversation, enjoy the fellowship, and pray about coming next time. Put it on your calendar. Uh, I, I, I've had this desire for a while. But literally last Sunday, uh, just four days ago, I started this meeting by asking pastors to join if they would be interested in doing this. So there was not a lot of warning for you. So I understand uh, if you missed this one. But you now know that on the first and the third Thursday of each month, uh, six or seven o'clock uh, European time, it will be 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I always do everything in Eastern Time. It's a good uh, benchmark to use for time, so that's what we do. But enjoy this time together, and uh, it will be a podcast as well. It'll be a video as well. However you want to listen to it or watch it, it's up to you. Uh, but I just thank you for doing that. If you're watching this on Facebook, leave a comment. If you're listening to it as a podcast, please leave a comment. Uh, whether it's, this is a waste of time, I'm never doing it again, or whether this was very encouraging, uh, how, what else can we do to encourage each other uh, to give us uh, some ideas? At any rate, uh, I am Jason Mann, Reaching Your Ministries. We are headed to North Macedonia to plant churches, and this is the first uh, European Baptist Missionary and Friends meeting. Thank you for coming. God bless. So, Brother Monty, what are some what are some ways uh, you go about reaching people there that may be different from how we do it here in Texas? Um, so, door to door is out here. Um, so we we hand out things on the street, public places, talk to people more more. Um, try to deal with stationary people, like someone sitting. Uh, okay. um, so we can strike up a conversation if if it's a it's a busy place and people are moving, you know, I mean, I can hand things out, but generally when you just hand things out, they glance at them and throw them in the trash. 
-hmm. at least that's our experience here. Uh, so we try okay. to be in places where we can have a little bit of dialogue with the people. Um, and even at that, <clears throat> of the thousands and thousands of, uh, of uh, invitations and tracks that we've handed out, we've never had anybody come because of those. Um, but we believe God blesses the effort and we continue to do it. And so, you know, God just brings people from other, by other means. Uh, like just a couple of weeks ago, uh, a guy walked in because he saw our sign outside on the, on the sidewalk. Uh, and we have never had that happen before. Yeah. Uh, but he comes walking in and says, <clears throat> so can I come in? Is it, you know, how much do I have to pay? I yeah. mean, that's really the, that was wow. really what he said. Okay, <laughs> no, everything's free. Come on in. We'll yeah. give you a free cup of coffee if you want. <laughs> but I mean, that was just the mentality of folks here. They, you know, all they know is the Catholic church and everything okay. is so you, you pay for okay. everything, lighting candles, you, you pay. It's, it's just crazy. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta shift those. Uh, paradigms of what people think God and church is here. Yeah. So why is why is door to door out? Is uh, it because or is it just not effective. Or? It's it's not illegal. Um, it's not effective. True. That's one thing. But I think it's because of the communist background. When somebody comes and knocks on your door, you know that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Had a really negative connotation. Okay. And so to to arrive at someone's house unannounced is kind of a taboo thing as well. And then um, another big thing is just access. Uh, the The vast majority of people, majority of people here live in apartment blocks, and you just you don't even have access to to come into a lot of places. Uh, gotcha. you know, it's, it's locked entry doors and things like that. Uh, we found out it's not the best policy to put tracks on cars either that can get uh, some phone calls from the government so we found a lot really? of things not okay. to do yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise you know we're, we're free to walk on the streets and, and talk to people and hand things out that's not an issue uh, we gotcha. advertise on facebook we um you know do have a website and things like that so the vast majority of our people come because somebody personally invited them, you know, someone mm -hmm. who has a friend and say, say, Hey, come with me to this. Mm -hmm. um, interpersonal trust is, is huge. So building relationships with people like uh, that they can get, trust. get the confidence. If they have confidence in you, then whatever you might recommend to them, they have more likelihood to follow through on it. Yeah. Okay. And you've been there 13 years. Yeah. Right. Is that what you said? Okay. What do y'all, how do y'all, how, how many do y'all run? What's your attendance like? So right now we're about 10. Okay. Uh, and that's with three families having left because of COVID and jobs and things like that. We're kind of rebuilding right now. Gotcha. Uh, but super encouraging thing happened uh, last week, a uh, week before. A uh, girl emails me out of the blue, and she said, I'm trying to find out some information on Bibles, and I just wondered if you might be able to help me. Yeah. And because she knew there was some sort of difference between a Catholic Bible and 
some other Bible. And she knew she didn't want a Catholic Bible. So uh, my wife and I met with her. And uh, just from that meeting, our, you know, how, how we dealt with her and helped her uh, get a Bible, uh, she was just so excited to, yeah. to talk, talk with somebody who wasn't a Catholic, somebody who, gotcha. could, who could, you know, talk from real life experience, not from some dead religion. Yeah. And uh, man, she is, she is energized. She, uh, I gave her, we had the, the Dunn book uh, translated mm -hmm. into Slovenian. Cool. And I gave her a copy of that. And she, she emailed me three times uh, on Tuesday and said, you know, I'm about finished with this book and I love it. It's great. And then about 10 minutes later, she said, I just want to say, I so appreciate this book because I just right. finished it. And this year I wow. said, hey, can I get some more copies of this book? I, I want to yeah. give some to my mother and my sister and some of my friends. So, again, it's one of those things that um, rarely happens yeah. to see someone just, you know, come on board just completely from the from cold contact and yeah. just jump right in. Yeah. Uh, so, Yeah. Just in the last, you know, few weeks, we've seen God do some some great things here with the guy walking in off the street. Yeah, the oh, guy did, walking in off the street. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mention Brother Jason. The next week, he brought his sister back, <laughs> you know? and they're in their sixties. You know, I mean, oh, this wow. guy walks in and brings his sister with it. <clears throat> wow. so that, that was that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. So Catholicism is the the biggest influence there, though. Um, I mean, as far as churches go, yeah, that's that's okay. the it's really the only church that people know. Okay. Um, the vast majority of people are agnostic, atheistic, mm -hmm. skeptic. You know, they may mm -hmm. have some Catholic background. You know, grandma was a Catholic. She took me to church, things like mm -hmm. that. But no real Christian influence to speak of. Gotcha. Are there other, I mean, I'm assuming Mormonism and all that's in in the in the location just not yeah 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 not not hugely popular uh they don't really like the especially jehovah's witnesses they don't like because they're very confrontational and pushy yeah. uh so they don't like them but yeah they're here uh not successful uh even the the mormons uh not not super successful that and that's not to say that we're successful yeah. as far as you know huge numbers but uh, yeah, they don't have a lot of influence, put it that way. Well, as I say, it's not about the numbers, it's about the influence anyway. So, I mean, just your faithfulness of 13 years speaks volumes to those people. Uh, even if they don't come to your church, at least speaks volumes. They know that you're there and that you care. So, uh, um, so yeah. What's something that we can do? And I'm, I'm the man, I actually have something, but I'm just, I'm asking questions. I'm enjoying the, the answers too. <laughs> so what's something we can do as a church? Um I know we don't support you specifically, but what's something we can do as a church uh, from the state side to help out a missionary uh, with different areas, whether it be needs or prayer requests or anything like that in our side of communication? I know we get letters <clears throat> from our missionaries, but what can we do uh, to reiterate from, from the state side? Yeah, I think, I think communication, you know, especially in, since we have email and, and, and instant messaging and things like that. To know, to hear from somebody, uh, say a church or a pastor that supports us to just uh, got a couple this week, um, 
pastor wrote me and said, hey, we're going to read your letter tonight. Um, you know, you just sent us a letter a couple weeks ago, but wonder if there's anything new and specific we could pray about. And to hear that as, as a missionary, you know, you, you can get this idea that you're here all alone and, alone. and you know, laboring in anonymity, things like that. And that can, yeah. that can work on your mind like you just kind of hung out to dry. But to, to, you know, you can think that, yeah, there's people praying, but to know somebody's right and saying, hey, give me something specific that we can pray about. Gotcha. And uh, I, get, I get a lot of requests um, in, in the last year or so about video updates and things like that. They're wanting to know more. And just for every two months letter, um, it's like that would be a help to people back there to know the specific needs. And when you know a specific needs, you pray more effectively than, yeah. you know, maybe a prayer letter every couple of months. Gotcha. Yeah, we have some missionaries that will send a video update. And I, I tend to keep those in front of the people easier than a letter. Um, it yeah. is, it's hard, it's hard to get everyone, it's hard to get everyone to read the missionary letters. I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad way, but you know, when you've got I know exactly what 60 you mean. missionaries and you're trying to, you're, you're trying, I mean, of course, we're trying to read a letter. Or we're trying to show video, things like that, trying to keep that in front of the people. But, uh, you know, we've, we've gone to a, a digital missions board um, so they can actually see the globe, click on a location, see what missionaries are there. Their letters will come up. Um, and so I think it's helped a little bit, but I also know that the novelty of it will wear off at some point and people won't yeah. go to it just like they won't go to missions boards as well. Um, and so, but I do, I do like the idea of a video update, even if it is just something in, you know, in your office right there, you know, I just giving you an update from here. You didn't have to actually be dressed up and <laughs> at a service or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I would tend not to just wear a t-shirt. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what to wear. I actually had a, a suit over here just in case. And uh, I was like, no, <laughs> thank God. It's my, it's my first time to wear this shirt. So I thought I'd wear it. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what's the, uh, what is the, one of the biggest challenges that you face with presenting the gospel to somebody there? Uh, well, here, uh, people approach, uh, um, especially on a, on a cold contact, people view Christianity as a fairy tale. Uh, so really? in that sense, the wow. Bible has no authority okay. uh, because because they would view the Bible as, as a book that's um, basically written by men or the church to control the masses. Uh, there's wow. no authority behind it. Okay. So uh, we have to go a ways to get around that challenge. Um, and of course we do that like, like you would do it there by, by challenge mm -hmm. what they believe and have them defend what they believe and, you know, kind of, poke holes yeah. in in their own beliefs because just like there nobody has sat down and reasoned out why they think there's no god they've not studied it out yeah. and so when you challenge them they kind of have to back up and you know it's just an effort to make them think just try to right. get through the first barrier of okay maybe you know i need to do a little investigation maybe consider some other things other than what i've been told Gotcha. So it's a lot more of apologetics than it is just sharing absolutely, gospel. absolutely. Gotcha. That, yeah. If if you don't have uh, a solid basis in apologetics, at least as a missionary in Slovenia, 
yeah. you will <laughs> definitely struggle. I gotcha. Wow. Okay. Are there any uh, are there any any big areas where you get uh, criticized or uh, maybe looked down on because of either your race or your ethnicity or you know your religion or anything like that 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 comes across um, you know, through ministry there. Um, so when I meet people, uh, we, we like to be involved in all kinds of things just to create opportunities to have contacts. I go to a gym. Yeah. Um, you know, we like work, to work out. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Brother man's going to come yeah. to me in the morning. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll be in Oklahoma. Sorry. Hey, you almost, you almost came this morning. Almost. almost set me up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go yeah. ahead. I didn't interrupt you. Well, so, so I do, I do CrossFit and it's CrossFit is very community, you know, oriented. It's not just like right. going to a gym and working out. You do that's your own schedule and your own workout plan and so we all do the same thing at the same time and, and it's some camaraderie there uh, so you know when they say you know you're you're american what are you what are you doing here why would you come here yeah. and so when i say well i'm a i'm a missionary or a, a bible teacher or whatever i'm going to say to them because uh, sometimes missionary doesn't translate very well so i say i'm, I'm a bible teacher or a life coach or counselor, things like that, all pertaining mm -hmm. to things like that. Uh, sometimes it, you know, they kind of query me a little bit. Uh, and sometimes it's like, oh, you know, so it's, it's a cold turn off to some. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, just have to get around things like that by continuing to do the things they do. And we, we've talked mm -hmm. about this uh, a lot. Being from Oklahoma, I don't know anything about mountains, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Slovenia is here in the Alps. And so, you know, I, I had to adapt. People hike here. So gotcha. I had to get out and do some hiking with folks because when you get out into environments like that, people loosen up and, you know, there's, there's opportunities for dialogue. So yeah. joining in the kinds of things that they do uh, has proved effective here to some degree okay. yeah we just try to create all kinds of possibilities for contact and conversation yeah but no major repercussion or anything from just being involved in community no i mean for for for, for me no i mean uh, when we first came here they the little village we lived in thought i was i had to be cia <laughs> because because who from america would come to a small village in slovenia and i don't have a job Right. From their viewpoint, I don't Correct. have a job. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was CIA. Did you walk around with your hand uh, on your ear all the time? <laughs> <laughs> you know, gotcha. it just, it was word around the, the village that I'm CIA. You know, yeah. that, you use that to an advantage, right? Everybody feared me yeah. at that point. So, yeah, why not? But how about your wife? The sign of Christ in action. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I even played with that a little bit. I, I renamed <laughs> our router. Uh, CIA substation number one, <laughs> just to kind of kind of play with them a little bit. Oh, uh, there was a uh, when we lived in Paris, Texas. Uh, our next door neighbor, his his internet was FBI surveillance vehicle. And uh, first time I saw it, I thought, "What in the world? There's an FBI surveillance vehicle around here somewhere." <laughs> so, yeah. Then come yeah. to find out it was his. So, what about your wife and kids? Have they had any uh, any issues with any? And I don't even know if you have any kids. I'm assuming you have kids. Um, sorry yeah, we if that's have a, a wrong assumption, but 
no, no, we have four kids, but, um, so you are a missionary. They, all right, good. Yeah. They, they have all uh, grown up and, and uh, left here. And so they're all in the States now. Three of them are married and uh, uh, one's in school there at Oklahoma State. Okay. But going back to your original question, we, we didn't ever really face persecution, as you could say. I mean, people could be ugly on the streets, but I don't consider that persecution. It was more like the people who, who would hang out with us, you know, if they would start to come to our our Bible studies or, or come to our services, they would face some persecution from their own family or their okay. friends be like, oh, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be with them. Like, you know, mm. Mm. they're, they're, um, people kind of look down like they were lowering themselves to being a victim of religion. Uh, so yeah, there mm. was some, some persecution for those people to come. Mm. Well, yeah. Oh, you have anything for me? Do you have any questions for me? I'm, I'm enjoying the dialogue. I don't, again, I don't mind sharing with you a passage of scripture, but uh, any questions or dialogue from, from you? So, so I, I mean, where are you at? I, Cause I don't have a clue. Yeah, we don't have, I, I'm in Texas. <laughs> I've got, so I'll tell you that. I got <laughs> Texas. I got that much. So, no, so I'm actually in Decatur, Texas, um, which is oh, where, Decatur. Okay. yeah, brother man is out of our church. I'm yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll claim him as, as one of ours. Uh, love him to death. Yes. I enjoy enjoy being able to hang out with him. Uh, he's an old man. Part, I though. will say that. But what's that? You're waiting on the death part. Uh, yeah, that's what you're. No, you get, to get rid of that burden. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, we're here in Decatur, Texas, um, town of about seven thousand. Uh, we're right north of Dallas, Fort Worth. I don't know if you know where Decatur's at, but um, the Fort Worth area is starting to to creep in, and so they're projecting us to be anywhere you know, 10 to 20,000, uh, in the next 10, 15 years. And so, uh, I'm excited about it. I, you know, I, again, our people kind of get upset because all oh, these California people are moving in and I'm like, man, that's great. We don't have to go to California to reach them. They're coming to us. It's kind of the way I look at it. Um, maybe a little different. I don't mind us growing as a church if the community's growing. And that's what I tell them. Um, if, if the community's growing and we're not, we're in trouble. We're doing something wrong. Uh, and so the goal would be to grow. Uh, with the church, but I've, I've been pastoring the church a little over three years. Um, I'm from Decatur. This is my hometown. Uh, two things I told the Lord I'd never do is live in Decatur and pastor. And so now I get to pastor in Decatur and uh, the Lord has changed my heart. Uh, we love it. We love it here. Love being involved. And so, um, but I'm new, I'm new to the, the, the pastoring. I've been an assistant pastor for, I guess it's close to 20 years. Um, yeah, I guess it's close to 20, um, 18 years or so before I took the pastorate. And so, uh, but I'm new, new to the pastoring. And so even this year, we're trying to revamp our missions instead of take on more missionaries. Uh, as much as we enjoy taking on missionaries, I think there's some revamping that needs to be done. I guess that was one of the reasons I had questions for you is just trying to figure out how it works for you as a missionary. And I mean, you've been there 13 years. And, you know, COVID, I, by the sounds of it, took a pretty good hit. And so there are, I think there are other missionaries who have been there just as long as you that probably wouldn't need as much support um, from sending churches, uh, not, not in your, your location. I know ge geography makes a big difference. Uh, and so that's something we're trying to figure out is, you know, do missionaries still need our support or can we find somebody else that's, uh, that could use our, you know, our $50 a month. That's not much, but um, uh, so again, we're just trying to revamp. we we, we've lost three missionaries uh, within the last few months. 
um, one, they passed away. We've been supporting them for 20 something years. Um, husband and wife both passed away. And so that was, a, that was a challenge because the ministry is still going, but I asked the people, are we going to support the ministry or the missionary? What do we support? Uh, Cause the ministry Lord willing will continue to go. It's a radio ministry, but um, second missionary is retiring coming off the field to take care of in-laws uh, and, and he's been on the field, I think he said 26 years as well. And so they're, they're coming back stateside. So we'll be, we'll be dropping them. And then unfortunately we've lost one uh, this year. They came off because of moral reasons, um, having to, having to come off the field. But, but I, I asked the Lord for wisdom on reevaluating. We, and we, we lost three and I was like, well, that's not what I meant, Lord. I just want to reevaluate all of them, not just some of them, but uh, but that's the direction. And so I guess another question that I would have is communicating that to you as a sending church to a missionary. How do you go about it, telling them that we're evaluating and going about communicating all that? What's Is it up front is better? More more information, the better? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I guess my earpods went dead, but oh. I'll just talk this way. Uh, I, I have no problem with, with a church or a pastor sending out a questionnaire to evaluate, you know, okay. do, do we still line up? Uh, this is the way I see it. Um, you know, you're the caretaker of, of God's funds from that specific body. And to okay. be uh, a wise steward, I think it's your responsibility to do those kinds of things. So I don't have a problem. I, I know some people do problems with scenarios i don't i don't don't have it all i think it's it's fair i mean it it, it's in the in the business world you're evaluated um and and you know you already mentioned it it's it's not about numbers it's about it's about effort so uh i i I don't have any complaints if if church or, or pastor wants to to evaluate, evaluate. Mm-hmm. over the man asked if I could you know get on here and share just some thoughts with with missionaries being encouragement and uh I was thinking back to the very first message I preached here at Grace and went back to it and it's called share the bread and I had one of the ladies in the church actually make me a loaf of bread like homemade loaf of bread and we went to the story about you know the five loaves and the two fishes and I uh, talked about that young lad and I've always looked at him as a, a bus kid uh, you know, because he was there, he had a lunch. I'm assuming he wasn't with his parents, but he he wanted to be close to Jesus, and so I've always kind of likened him uh, to a, to a bus kid. And so I've preached a message before out of that passage of scripture about you know the bus kid coming to Jesus. Uh, you know that he he showed up, he gave up, and he got filled up. You know, kind of a, a fun message like that. But I think it's neat in that passage of scripture in John chapter six, a few verses later after that story is where Jesus actually says a couple times that I'm the bread of life. And he comes, he comes out and says that. And in my mind, I go back to the bread, sharing the bread in that passage of scripture. And, uh, you know, some of the things that Jesus did, uh, you know, and as an individual, you know, to give us a, a kind of a, a thought of what we should do with Jesus. And again, from what Jesus did is the first thing he did was he actually accepted the bread himself first. Uh, you know, Jesus took the bread himself. And when I was sharing this with the, with the church family here, the very, again, the very first time, that was one of my main goals was to make sure that everyone had tasted the bread, uh, you know, that everyone had accepted Christ. And 
uh, I like the way that, that the Lord from there, Jesus himself, there he goes and he thanks, the, thanks God for the bread. Uh, you know, he thanked, he thanked God for the bread. And again, just being thankful for your salvation, being thankful for Jesus in your life. And, uh, but, but I took some time, and this is what I thought was really neat. In Matthew's account, Mark's account, uh, it says that he breaks the bread. Uh, in, in John's account here, and I'm in John chapter 6, in John's account here, uh, where he gets it, let me see, he says, And Jesus took the loaves, verse 11, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And it doesn't say anything about breaking the bread. But I, I talked to the church family about making it bite size, taking the gospel, taking Jesus and making it easy to understand because the gospel is simple. And I mean, I get it. There's a lot of, you know, we even we even talked about that. You know, there's a lot of apologetics that we have to get through. Uh, you know, even witnessing to somebody and sharing with somebody the gospel. And you talk, you talk about, well, when sin entered into the world back in the Garden of Eden, and they want to know if it was an apple. I could care less what kind of fruit it was. <laughs> you know, that's, that's overcomplicating things. Uh, but we did. We spent a lot of time uh, in this message talking about making Jesus easy, easy to understand, uh, you know, breaking it down for people. And your testimony I'm going to the gym struck a chord with me. Uh, I go to the gym uh, probably four or five days a week. I'm the, I'm the type, though, that I put my air, my AirPods in and I get on the treadmill. I don't do anything else. I just run. Uh, but back a few years ago, I'd, I'd say about five years ago, I was at the gym. And on Thursday mornings at 530, the guys, guys my age would play basketball. 530 to 630, it was cardio day. That's what we did. And there would be anywhere from 10 to 12, sometimes 14, 15 guys. And we would literally just play basketball for an hour. And, you know, being in the ministry, I've never been the type, you know, to walk in with a Bible under my arm and, you know, I'm the pastor, so please let me play. But I've never done that. I've just always tried to, you know, like you said, just relationships, you know, just just be personal with people. And we had been playing, uh, we'd been playing basketball for, I'd, I'd say probably six months. And we had a guy in the, in the, that played with us, six foot six, um, one of those full beards, you know, tattoos on his well he had tattoos down his arm and he probably I think he said he was 13 percent body fat everything else was just muscle I mean he was just a beast and he rolled his ankle one Thursday morning and I, of course you know I went over and was trying to help him up the guys had to leave a lot of them had to leave at 6 30 because they had to get showers and get to their job uh you know me the church was right around the corner I normally took my time getting, you know, it wasn't like I had a set time like some of these other guys. And so I helped him off the court, helped him into the trainer's room. And uh, they got to, you know, doing what they could there without running extra trays and stuff like that. And I just wrote my name down and, and my phone number down on a piece of paper. and said, hey, if you need anything, call me. I'm right around the corner here at the church. And at that moment, he's he's like, oh, so you work at the church? I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm the pastor. You know, yeah, I work at the church. I'm, I'm at the time I was one of the assistants, but. I said, yeah, that's what I do. He said, well, I knew there was something different about you. And uh, I was like, well, if you need anything, just call a ride or anything. And I didn't think anything else about it. That was on a Thursday. The following Tuesday morning, he called crying. And he goes, man, he goes, I have done so much just trying to figure out life. He goes, you are completely different than anybody I, I run with. And I just need somebody to talk to. Can you talk? <laughs> sure. And so went over to his house, spent about two hours in his house. And he talked about, you know, oh, yeah, I know Jesus. And I've gone to church in one breath and the next breath, you know, all these affairs that he's had. And, you know, right now he's sleeping with a lady who's married. I mean, he just unloaded. And I was like, man, Jesus, Jesus can do a lot for you. 
and but he'd already kind of made this profession of faith and i said let's let's do a bible study then you're down i mean you you rolled your ankle you're not going to work for six weeks let's start a bible study and so that next morning uh on a wednesday morning we started a bible study and i've i use that book i don't know if i, I have one here um but it's uh first steps for a new christian or something like that it's a real simple book and we just walked through what salvation was what you, what you were what christ did and what you are now and so we walked through that passage of scripture again or that book just real simple the simplicity of the gospel and then i asked him oh well, i gave my testimony and then i asked him i was like so where are you at and he's like man i'm right there and i said what do you mean right there he said that first part and i went but being lost he's like yeah i don't have a relationship with christ i'm i need and i mean that morning right there in my office he knelt and asked, asked the lord as a savior and it was a 180 i mean he he completely changed uh within a couple of weeks had the privilege of you know baptizing him and then we continued our bible study uh it was about a month later he walked in and he had finished his tattoo sleeve and uh, it was all these scripture verses and clouds, you know, had, so he had skulls, <laughs> skulls and mermaids and then scripture verses and clouds. And I was like, wow, um, Carrie, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. It looks great. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm assuming that there's probably a verse in the Bible about this. He said, but you hadn't shared it with me yet. So I thought I'd get it, get it finished. <laughs> I was like, you know what? No judgment here, man. No judgment here. And, uh, uh, a year later, uh, we were having a work day at the church, and he was running a chainsaw, cutting a tree down, and dropped dead. Uh, just on a Saturday morning, it was a men's work day, 36 years old, um, serving, I mean, serving God at the church, and had, had, had gotten plugged in. He was one of those, men. I could throw out four or five scripture memory verses, and within a few days, he was calling me, hey, I got those memorized, what's next? I mean, God had done a tremendous work in his life. Um, Thursday, so he died on a Saturday morning. Thursday night, um, he went to a football game specifically to apologize to the lady that he was having an affair with and her husband when, we, when, him, and I, when him and I talked that day. They had reconciled once, once he got saved, he pretty much just cut things off from her. I mean, he, he stopped going every, the play, all the places that she knew she was at and really didn't even communicate with her. But he went to that football game that Thursday night before he passed away and he walked up to them and uh, he, he told the husband, he says, I don't know if you know me or not. He said, I'm assuming she told you kind of what was going on. He said, but back about a year ago and he just, spilled the beans right there in front of in front of that couple and he told the man he said i i need your apology he said i need your forgiveness on this and he goes i he said no we're good he said our relationship's good he said i knew what is, was going on he said but you know no i'm i've forgiven you for it and he said okay well i just want to make sure that y'all are y'all have forgiven me for that and saturday when he when he passed away uh it was saturday morning i called i called her to let her know because i knew she knew him and, and all that and she told me that testimony she said you know what just thursday he came to a football game where our son was playing randomly just to apologize to us and i i just thought you know what that's what he needed uh, he needed to have that closure before he stepped out yeah. to eternity wow. and so but again making the gospel just simple it's we were playing basketball he rolled an ankle i'm here to help you whatever you need and was able to share with him the gospel and so, and uh, well, it goes back to kind of the final thought. There's always enough gospel to go around. I mean, 
Jesus had enough bread and fish to feed 5,000 and then have enough left over for the young man to take the rest of it home. And so uh, you always just move on, move on to the next one. You move on to the next one. So brother mm-hmm. Mike Ross, I don't know if you know who Mike Ross is. He's a pastor friend of mine up in uh, Indiana. Uh, he used to say all the time and he probably coined it or he probably got it from somebody else, but it's, uh, you know, the gospel is one beggar or Christianity is one beggar telling the other beggar where they found the bread. And uh, yeah. he, he has said that many a times. And, you know, I'm, I am thankful that you're there sharing the gospel in my place and uh, i tell our people all the time if you're not going to go you got to sin and so uh, i don't think the lord would ever allow me to go there but if you did i'd come but but you're there in my place and for that i'm thankful um just make sure you're sharing the bread <laughs> make sure you're sharing the gospel uh, and so we're trying yeah yeah yep. so yeah it's a good story i i enjoy that that passage of scripture we're going to be looking at at it here in a couple of weeks on a Wednesday night uh, with Peter. We're doing the life of Peter on Wednesday nights. And so it's been a little bit of a challenge uh, separating the gospels out, <laughs> trying to get Peter in the right place at the right time. Uh, and so, but it's been good. So, but he, he mentioned, yeah. Peter's mentioned in that passage of scripture there. So, so yeah, but, but keep it up, brother Monty. You're doing a good job. You know, hey, I appreciate that. Pastor. Appreciate it. And so pray, uh, yeah. pray God send somebody else here. We're kind of laboring okay. solo right now, and okay. uh, we where are y'all at specifically location? So we're we're basically laboring in the capital. Um, okay, we started a church here in the capital city. <clears throat> We've got some some um, plans, kind of loose plans. We'd like to start another couple of works out. Um, one about okay. thirty minutes away. One about an hour away. Uh, and we've got some contacts over in those areas. Okay. Um, now the but, families you lost through COVID, what are what are they doing? Where are they at? So it was all job related. You know, one went to okay. Malta, one went to actually America. Okay. Um, one's up in Austria. They just, you know, when they lose a job, um, and and jobs are a big deal here in Slovenia. There's a lot of competition for jobs. Okay. Because the the uh, average pay is so low and the, and the the costs are very high a lot of people if they have an opportunity to leave they do uh just because of the wage versus cost scenario here gotcha it's tough okay yeah so you all need somebody to help labor okay. we do we do we had there was uh there was four families at one point and uh so uh, one relocated and two went home. Yeah. So we need to, uh, we're, we're praying for God to send, yeah. send some folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned last night, and again, we're looking through the life of Peter, and uh, we looked at the idea where, where Christ went, well, they went from being called disciples to apostles, you know, from following to sent out. And uh, I said, it's kind of neat, and I don't remember what, what passage it is. It's one of the Gospels. Uh, the verse about send you, uh, pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he sent forth laborers. So the Lord says that to the disciples. And in the very next passage of scripture, he's like, all right, I need 12 of you and y'all are fixing to go. And he sends them. And uh, I said, it wouldn't that be neat if, if, you know, if I told you as a church family, Hey, we need to, we need to pray about sending it, you know, starting a church in Austin, Texas. Oh, by the way, you know, brother Keith, you're going, you're going to pastor that church. <laughs> so, but that's how the Lord did it. Jesus did it at the time. He said, pray for, pray for laborers. By the way, I need you 12 guys to be sent out now. <laughs> 